Hi, this is the Family Business Podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping family businesses thrive. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and I work with family businesses to help them to navigate the highs and lows that can come with working with your family. Each week, I will share insights and experiences from my own work and from other advisors from around the world. You will also hear directly from family businesses who have been kind enough to share their own stories. If you want to find out more about the show, just head over to fanbizpodcast.com and you can get in touch with me there and find all our previous episodes. If you're enjoying the show, I'd be very grateful if you'd leave me a review in iTunes. It helps others to find the show and it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling in my belly. Just head over to fanbizpodcast.com forward slash iTunes and follow the link. Anyway, it's time for this week's show. Enjoy. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Family Business Podcast. Um, I've got a very exciting guest on today um, in the name of Andrew Kite, who is a clinical professor at Loyola University in Chicago uh, and also a family business consultant. Um, So firstly, Andrew, welcome to the show and thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Um, likewise, and the, the subject we're going to be talking about is looking at um, the benefits or otherwise of um, next gen in particular, gaining experience outside of their family business um, before they join uh, the family business, which we'll get into um, during the, the course of the show. Um, but before so, um, can you just give us a bit of background about um, who you are and, and what you're doing and, and how you came to be doing it? Sure. Um, so. My story is somewhat unique in that uh, I inherited my business uh, at the age of 22, my family business, I inherited ownership. So uh, unfortunately, my father uh, passed at the age of 52, and he passed all the ownership in our family business to me and didn't split it between me and my brothers. So at the age of 22, I had to figure out how to work with my father's cousins and the non-family management team that uh, was managing the family business at the time and figure out what was the right path forward. And uh, that's part of why I'm so passionate about family business is because I don't want any next generation member to have to go into it as unprepared as I did because my father really hadn't told me anything about our family business at that point. He had tried to insulate us from uh, his cousins who he found challenging to deal with. And, uh, you know, so at the age of 22, I found out we had a family business and I got ownership in that family business all, all in one fell swoop, which was, uh, quite a challenge. Now, since then I've worked, uh, for two family owned businesses, uh, and I've been teaching and consulting with family businesses, uh, for over 20 years now, uh, helping them with, generational transition and all the challenges around that. Fantastic. Um, so, so if we can start firstly with, um, obviously, in, in your early 20s, you, you inherited a business that you say you, you weren't aware of. I mean, how was that? Where did you start when that happened? Because obviously it's a traumatic time for you anyway. You've, you've just lost your father and and then this is kind of um, thrust upon you. How how, how did that happen? And, and uh, you know, how did you deal with it? So uh, my father actually uh, had told us stories about the family farm. And my dad grew up in Ohio and I grew up in Chicago. My father had moved away. Um, but he had kind of tried to shield us from everything that was going back, going on back in his hometown. So 
uh, it was actually the night before he passed away that he told me he was going to pass all the shares to me uh, and not split them between my, me and my brothers. And his goal was he didn't want to split ownership uh, and decision making uh, any more than it already was because he had cousins that uh, had uh, a sixth or a ninth of the, of the ownership and he didn't want to split decision making anymore. He did also tell me that I should s- distribute income to my brothers uh, equally. So I was responsible for having all the, the decision making and then uh, distribute the uh, income equally to my brothers. So the first thing I did was I went down to the town Piqua, Ohio, where my father was from, and and uh, got my arms around what was this asset that I inherited. Um, and I found out the interesting thing was of the nine cousins, I was the first, uh, other than the one who lived in Piqua, I was the first to be back in 10 years. So I was dealing with cousins who who had this kind of fairy tale. Uh, view of, of Piqua, Ohio from 10 years ago. Uh, and I was the first to, to get the real story aside from the one who lived there. Mm. That's incredible. And then I guess your first day in the business, I mean, how, how do you approach that? Do you, do you go in and go, okay, what, what's going on here? Or was there a support network around you to help? So I, I really led the entire time as an owner. I never became an employee of the business. So what I did was I worked with the non-family managers and advisors who were were managing the business. So it was primarily real estate and farmland. Um, And I started to understand how it worked, understand what was happening in the town. And over the course of about 15 years, we engaged in a variety of real estate development uh, projects uh, that uh, ended up liquidating uh, the family business over 15 years because none of the family members really had an interest in perpetuating it in, in any way. Okay. And then obviously that, um, as you say, has piqued your interest in helping other family businesses to, um, to uh, perhaps avoid those situations. Um, and um, one of the areas that, that comes up quite often is that area of, um, is it a good idea to gain external experience away mm-hmm. from a family business? with a view to um, coming back in and, and helping to, to run our own the, the family business at some point in the future. We are going to look at some of the advantages and disadvantages of this, but do you have a, a general rule that you think it is a, a good idea, a bad idea? Where's your sort of viewpoint on it? So my general rule is that if you're going to go into the family business, it, you should be passionate about going into the family business. You should have a role that's clearly defined that uh, aligns with your skill sets where you can make a real contribution to your family business. Um, The mistakes happen when there's an undefined role or the next generation members coming in out of a sense of obligation rather than I'm bringing something valuable to the family business. So um, ideally we want to find a situation where there's alignment between what the next generation member is good at, what they're passionate about, and what kind of skill sets the family business needs. Mm-hmm. And so presumably in saying that, there, it would typically need to be going into the business to actually do something um, specific rather than just we'll create a role for you. You can be head of something um, but because you've got the, the right surname. But actually, 
um, planning it uh, w- with a bit more foresight than that. Yes, I mean the the what happens when you create a position for somebody and you don't have a specific role or responsibilities or you're not uh, really proactively bringing in their skill sets. What you're trying to do is is fulfill the family need of taking care of a family member. And that's not a great reason to to bring somebody into employment in the family business. We can take care of family members in other ways. What we need to be doing is uh, creating alignment between the talents of the family member and the needs of the business uh, and also the passions of the family member. Because again, when somebody comes out of the, into the family business out of a sense of obligation, it usually ends up bad in, in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if we assume that those circumstances exist and that there is a desire for the um, family member to um, join the family business, where should they start in looking for that external experience? Is it a, a, a skills assessment to say these are the skills we need you to go and get, or is it a case of um, going away and getting more generalized, um, sort of generic skills? So uh, it really starts with the next generation member uh, identifying. Uh, what they're passionate about, what they like doing, what they're good at. If you can identify those things, and maybe that could be a reason to go out and get uh, outside work experiences to explore those things and try to figure out what you're, you're good at and, and what you're passionate about by buying that in other uh, businesses. Because uh, when you come into your family business, you uh, encounter what I call the successor's curse. The successor's curse is that uh, your successes are never your own, but your failures always are. So the idea becomes if you're successful in your family business, it's because you're part of the Silver Spoon Club and it's always had everything handed to you. And if you're a failure, it's because you're a part of the Silver Spoon Club and you've always had. So the successor is faced with a real challenge in building credibility. And I talk about credibility in two ways. Uh, One is building internal credibility, which is building belief in yourself. Uh, And when you're in a family business system where uh, you have these perceptions of everything being handed to you, sometimes it can be hard to build that sense of internal credibility. And so the idea behind outside work experience is that if you can go out into the world and work for other people and be successful in working for other people, you'll create a sense of internal credibility that I'm good enough. I'm not just getting everything handed to me uh, and I can earn my way to success. Now, the other type of credibility is external credibility, which is building belief in others building credibility with others. So when you come into your family business and you don't get outside work experience, you have the challenge of earning credibility with others. Uh, It's not impossible to do. You can do that. But the theory is that it is much harder uh, to build external credibility unless you have outside work experience. You know, I should say that that from a research perspective, this is a topic that's never been researched in, in the family business world. There is one study that we've been uh, working on that uh, is in the final stages of, of conclusion, but uh, 
the idea is that outside working experience really is an opportunity for the successor to help build their internal credibility, their belief in themselves and their external credibility, their credibility with others. Yeah. And so if, say, for example, um, a next gen is saying, okay, that that's, that's where I need to, to go. I need to go and get some external experience. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at roles that might tick the boxes for, for what they're looking for. Do, do you think, or should they turn up at the interview and say, look, I'm only going to be here for, for three or five years until I move back to my family business? Or do they say, you know, I'm here for um, the role because of the career development? How do you position at that stage that it could theoretically be something that is short term although relatively speaking I guess three to five years is quite a long term with, with some employers these days yeah yeah well I mean and, and the millennial uh, generation is having a very different work experience uh, with their career paths than than generations before so uh, you know I wouldn't necessarily feel a necessity to uh, talk about what my plans were if I uh, was going to interview for another family, another business, another job with another business, unless they were asking for a specific commitment. You know, if they were asking for a five-year commitment, I was really only planning for three years. Um, you know, I would, I would have to be honest in that situation. When you're getting a job, you, you never know really, uh, for sure, whether this is going to be a long-term thing or a short-term thing, uh, you hope certainly for the for the long term. But uh, we've all made uh, choices where you know you think things are going to be a certain way, and then you get into the job and yeah. you know, what you thought. So yeah, and there there is also the the danger. I don't want to say danger; it makes it sound like it's a bad thing. But they go into that role and they absolutely love it, and it becomes what fulfills them for the rest of their career. Um, so it's it's not to say that um, by going as, and, and treating it initially as something where you go and gain some experience that it means if you absolutely love it, you have to, to leave it. Um, but have you come across circumstances where the plan has been for family members to go and get some experience and they've just never come back? I don't mean to visit. That, that's probably happened. But, but to, to the company, to the family business. There's certainly situations like that. Um, in my experience, that those individuals have always had a, a vision for their career that was probably a little bit broader than what their family business could offer for them. So, um, I while I've seen it happen, I wouldn't say it. It's the uh, the only path. Uh, you know, the only risk. Um, you know, I think. Uh, when somebody's passionate about their family business and what it what it does, and if we as as parents are uh, create a, an environment that's inviting within the company, it's it's a natural um, feeling for the family business member to want to come back. But if our family business culture within our environment is one of infighting and and uh, we don't have a, a business that's growing and changing that's dynamic. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of reason for uh, a next generation to come, member to come back. So it's not just about uh, the next generation member finding something more interesting outside. It's about creating something compelling within our family business that draws our next generation back as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one of the uh, potential um, areas of concern for um, perhaps senior generation who, who are looking at it and going, okay, we, we need to send you off into the big wide world to gain some experience, is that worry that they might not come back. But that, that I think is, like you say, predicated in terms of the culture that's created and making it a desirable choice to, to come back as an option. Yeah. But then balancing that with not feeling forced to, to do so if it's not, not what's right. Right. And my experience is that when you make decisions out of fear, you're usually not making a good decision. So it's a better, it's a better thing to understand what is that fear about. And that fear is often for the older generation about uh, my child doesn't care about me enough to come back or doesn't care enough about the family business to come back. And that's really uh, what we call emotional enmeshment. And, and this is something that is inherent in family businesses because both our emotional life and our professional life are overlapping in a family business. And if we're working together, you know, uh, it's all in one bucket. And so one of the challenges is to differentiate. It's a, a, something that I talk about, which is uh, the ability to kind of separate separate from your parents, but stay emotionally connected. The ability to kind of distinguish between thoughts and feelings and stand separate from your parents, but stay connected to them. So it's, it's the process that we all go through as uh, children kind of starting to stand up, have our own opinions, push back against our parents, etc. And so that's much harder to do in a family business because uh, your whole world is on top of each other. So um, the, parents have to understand that the, the, the child is going to have to make their own decisions uh, and uh, ideally in the, the healthiest of worlds, they're making a choice to engage in the family business because they want to, because they're passionate about it, because they have something to really offer the family business. Mm. And in terms of the types of skills that they might be looking to or experience that they're looking to um, build, if we take, for example, a family business that is producing widgets, mm-hmm. would you suggest that they go and get experience in another business that's creating widgets, potentially a competitor, or going into something completely different to, to broaden the skill set? And, and does that depend on, I guess, whether business is, is lacking in, in skills or whether the next gen can add something? Well, you, you, there's no absolute right and wrong answer to that question, but what I think about is two things. I think about what are the specific skill sets that uh, I want to learn that, that align with my talents, my passions, my interests, and where's the best place to develop those patterns, uh, those, those skill sets. Uh, so if I want to be the best marketer I could be, I probably, you know, go into a place like Crocker and Gamble might be a pretty good place to, to learn some of those skill sets even though it may not be in the industry that our family is in. Um, but the, to me, the more important thing is learning uh, the interpersonal skill sets. So it's going through that differentiation process of being able to stand apart from our families and uh, learn our own sense of internal credibility, build our own sense of internal credibility and uh develop the ability to work with a boss, to work with peers, and not have it be based on your family uh, 
relationships. Because when you come into your family business, whether you have a, a boss or you have peers in your family, you're, you're, you're still uh, colored by your family relationship because you're a part of the family. You know, oftentimes supervisors uh, don't want to hold you accountable in the same way, or they may be overly harsh on you because they don't want to show that they're showing favorites uh, or playing favorites with anybody. And peers uh, are tentative about engaging with you. So having an environment where you're not around your family members, where you can engage as a true peer, uh, you know, a if you get promoted to be a true boss uh, and not have it be related to your, your family relationships gives a a greater sense of internal credibility. Um, And uh, you you have the the knowledge that it comes from your own skill sets and your own talents. But those interpersonal skill sets are really important, especially when you come back to the family business. Yeah, because that, that element there of, of um, being part of the family within the family business is not something you can escape from or um, or almost control to a certain extent because you're not going to know necessarily how people may um, treat you when you come into that role. But getting that external experience can give you confidence that actually you're there on merit rather than just because your surname matches, uh, as an example. Right. Well, and that's something uh, when you come into the family business that you're going to have to wrestle with. So number one, you're going to need to have the internal credibility, the belief in yourself to achieve and uh, not, not let the people who are going to criticize you because they think that you're part of the silver spoon club, not let them win. So you have to have the internal strength to, to overcome that. And uh, work with to build that credibility with others. And the reality is there may be some people who never give you uh, the respect that you deserve. And so uh, you have to learn to deal with that. But hopefully, uh, if you approach it with humility, you have the interpersonal skill sets, you can build that credibility with others through uh, hard work, good performance, and showing respect for everybody. Hmm. And when, if we again take our example of of somebody who's gone away and gained some um, experience in in the right areas, they have um, shown willing to come back into the family business. It's something that they want to do, and there's an, an environment to welcome them back into. Again, do you have any views on the level at which people should come back into the business at? So, for example, if they've gone away and got a a marketing um, background and gain some experience there do they come in as head of marketing or do they come in as the marketing junior Uh, again i've heard examples of both versions of that um, where almost a role has been created in between and and not really reporting to anybody just to accommodate somebody who's wanted to come back into the business unsurprisingly it didn't end well Um, but but is there um, again a hard and fast rule there or is it dependent on the business so uh my approach would be that the individual should come into the uh, business at a, in a role that is aligned with their skill sets and their experience. So if they have the experience to be a director of marketing, that's great. Um, but uh, if, if we're giving them the uh, director of marketing title uh, just because we want to feed their ego and make them feel credible, we're setting them up for disaster. Um, we're really uh, setting them up 
in a situation where they're likely to not be able to perform and fulfill the responsibilities of that position. So uh, the, the best thing we can do is uh, try to create the most realistic sense of who this next generation member is and how they can best contribute to the family business and then find a position uh, that aligns with that. So uh, family members or families deal with this in a lot of different ways. I have families that say that uh, you can only come into the family business if you have an aspiration to management because we don't want any family member to uh, be seen as uh, not working hard. So you have to aspire to management. So in that family, they, they actually have truck drivers that work for their business and they say, uh, if you want to be a truck driver, that's great, but go work somewhere else if you want to do that. We don't want... Uh, people to think of, oh, we just have family members who are truck drivers. Every family member has to aspire to something greater. Now, another family that I uh, work with has a rule that if you want to come in as a laborer, that's great. You don't need outside work experience if you want to become an, a laborer. But if you want to come in uh, as a uh, in a more professional role, you do need outside work experience. You do need a degree, et cetera. Uh, and uh, if you want to advance, you may need advanced degrees and advanced experience to, to get there. So there are a lot of different ways to, to look at it. The most important thing is that the family gets clear and aligned about what are the uh, rules and regulations, so to speak, or the policy, what's the policy that's going to govern uh, how, how family members enter the business, how they advance through the business, and then what happens if a family member leaves the business or needs to be removed from the business. And that's mm. what an employment policy is. Yeah, and I think as well, along with the uh, employment policies, you, you can almost have a um, an agreement within the family to say that if you don't want to work within the family business or don't think that that's where your future lies, there are other ways in which the family business can support those individuals, be that paying for them to go to um, college or go on a, a particular training course or to set them up with um, possibly even their own business in, the, in their own um, area that they are more passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a binary decision, is it, where you say you're either in or you're out. There, there, there's no in between. I actually know a few families that, um, that don't allow family members to work for the family business, but they will fund their entrepreneurial endeavors. So uh, they actually cultivate that sense of entrepreneurship in the next generation and uh, put their money behind it. So they provide them coaching on, on how to develop their business plans. They objectively uh, assess their business plans before they fund uh, the business ideas and then they have accountability for the performance of the investments that they make in next generation businesses. So there are a lot of different models, but at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is create a sense of family cohesion and unity that we're all committed to a common project together, whether I, whether my role is working in the business, whether my role is an owner, uh, and a member of the family council, a part of the family meetings. Um, we want to have clarity of communication that builds a sense of unity and cohesion that will sustain us across generations. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that starts with communication, doesn't it? And 
Um, that can't be understated in terms of its importance that you don't necessarily leave it until um, you know graduation day at college to find out whether it's something that you're interested in doing or not. Exactly, exactly. You know, most family businesses don't fail because they can't solve the business problems. They fail because they can't solve the family problems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but one uh, concept that, that is... Um, that is interesting. Again, I have um, heard of is a, uh, I don't like the term for it, but a swap system for family members between um, different family firms. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll swap uh, my daughter for your son's kind of thing um, to, to gain that experience on the basis that they are there to gain that experience rather than to, to do anything other than that. Um, have you come across that and what are your experiences if so? Yeah, actually, I've been involved with uh, the Family Business Network International for over 20 years, and they have a well-developed uh, internship program where you can do internships in other family businesses across the world. Yeah, that's uh, probably a better title than a swap system, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and, and it, it's a great opportunity to not just learn about uh, a specific skill set or another business, but to see how another family business operates. Um, I personally think one of the most important things about that is that the next generation makers, next generation member, uh, takes some level of ownership over that process. That that they lead the process. That this isn't just something where the parents are saying, "Hey, you're going to go here and do this." That uh, the next generation member has to take ownership over their own career. You know, I did a research project which uh, I published uh, under the the title Myths Immortals, which is a book that was published in 2015. And I talked to uh, 30 different well-known successors, including Bill Wrigley, Christy Hefner, John Tyson. And um, one of the things that each of these folks had was a sense of ownership over their own life and their own career, uh, that their life and their career weren't just being dictated by their parents, that they were making choices along the way. And it wasn't that they were disconnected with their parent from their parents. They were in conversations with their parents about these things, but they felt credible enough that if their career development needs weren't being met within the family business, they could choose to, to go elsewhere and be successful. They didn't have the golden handcuffs or that sense that uh, this is the only place that I could succeed. And I think that's really important that uh, the next generation uh, isn't doing this out of a sense of obligation that they're making a choice. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's important. I, I see it more so now than than historically. I guess um, is that, that those types of conversations are happening. That there is a recognition. I think that it isn't just a foregone conclusion that a family business will mean that every person within the next generation moves into it. Um, perhaps a, a generation or so ago, there was perhaps more of an expectation than there is now. Um, but I think that the world is a bit more, um, you know, the possibilities that, that are out there are, are much broader. Um, and, and family businesses are embracing that rather than saying, well, you've got the same surname as us, you have to come through this family business. Right, right. You know, in some, there are a few businesses that have the rule that you can only uh, be an owner if you work for the business. And 
that can be very limiting in terms of the, the family relationships. It can actually be a real strain on family relationships. And it actually, in some ways, incentivizes uh, family members to come into the business, even if it's not what's going to be good for them. Uh, because if the ownership is uh, the primary asset uh, of the family, uh, what we're doing is, is uh, creating a division in the family saying the only way, the only way you can have value in this family in some ways is, is to have ownership and work for the business. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've covered some of the advantages of um, looking at gaining experience um, elsewhere. And uh, I think one of the key ones is, as you say, it's increasing um, credibility both internally and um, externally. I also think it allows people to explore whether the role within the family business is, is right for them or not, because they get that external uh, experience of going to a different culture, going to a different business that, that um, may be run in a different way. And working with people who um, don't know that they are part of this um, family business, but, but but if we look at some of the potential disadvantages, or or I guess rather than looking at the disadvantages of experience away from the businesses, the advantages of going straight into a family business, um, it could uh, advance that process of getting used to working with people within that family business environment, couldn't it? The sooner you start, the sooner you get over the fact that you're there because um, it is your family business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when you think about disadvantages, um, you know, you can learn bad work practices in other environments. You can be exposed to bad management. So if you don't work with a great organization, you can learn bad practices. Uh, you know, uh, certainly, uh, if you work for a public company, it may be very different from how your family business operates. So the, some of the skills, some of the experiences might not be as directly, uh, applicable to your family business. Um, but as you say, you know, one of the biggest disadvantages, uh, or, or downfalls to it is that, you're not learning about the specific operations of your family business, the, the specifics of the individuals within your, in your uh, family business. I do think that can be made up over time. Um, but, you know, another potential threat is that uh, you start to earn a lot more money than you can earn in your family business, depending on the size of your business. You know, um, many when you look at the numbers of family businesses that are out there, many of them are small uh, to medium sized enterprises. And so sometimes uh, the ability to uh, pay uh, to bring people back uh, is, is challenging, you know, especially for family members who may go to like a Deloitte or a McKinsey or, or a a big uh, firm like that. the the challenge can be how do you get them back if we're asking them to pay it take a pay cut and yeah uh, particularly if they've got used to that lifestyle of of being able to earn x, x number of dollars rather than um what the family may be um willing to to offer and then that can lead to the danger of okay well if if that's my um salary for this level put me in at a high level so i can earn more and then you get back to the issue of um, getting there because of the, the name rather than the need of the business. Right. Um, I, I guess one of the um, 
other ways in, in which, we, um, again, we've come across experiences of um, positive and negative of getting experience um, uh, away from the, the family business. But if they go off and, and for example, go to a, a company that has a very process-driven approach to things and then come back in and go, right, I need to make my mark on this business to get to, to gain that credibility amongst people, to say I'm here, here on merit rather than because of my name, that there could be a... Um, temptation to try and force through change that that doesn't match what the business actually needs to to gain that credibility again is that something that you've come across or, or is that not so much no that's absolutely uh something that that happens but we see when next generation members come in from from other businesses that they been exposed to maybe more professional processes or more forward thinking processes or technologies and they instantly try to uh, change things uh, to try to make them better um, so their heart is in the right place and that they're trying to make their family business a more effective organization uh, but as you say if they're trying to do it just to uh, make a mark and and show their credibility there's a chance that they're overseeing uh the real challenge which is you have to start by understanding why things exist the way they are um, so if you start there and you understand why the system currently works this way uh, and you listen to people and people feel that you understand that then you're going to have much more uh external credibility with those folks uh, to say, well, what do you, what if we do it this way? What have you thought about if we would do it this way? What I often see is that the family business, uh, has this kind of institutional memory and they say, oh, we tried that 10 years ago. And so that it becomes this kind of back and forth that creates negative tension. If you, if you start by saying, well, why do things exist this way? And can I understand that? I know I'm new here. One of the successors that I talked to in my book, Greg Bush, said, you know, one of the things that I did when I was coming in was I said, you know, well, I'm new here, so I don't understand this. So I, can you help me understand it first? And by doing that and showing that level of humility, he gained, gained credibility that he wasn't just going to come in and force change for change's sake. Yeah. And that, that aids with the relationships within the business, doesn't it? If if you take that approach, uh, rather yep. than saying, right, I've, I've gone away and got three years' worth of this experience in this company, I know what I'm doing here, and trying to run roughshod over the whole kind of thing, um, it, it's probably more likely to get people's backs up than coming in and going, okay, let, let's find out a little bit more about why things happen this way. Yeah, I agree. Fantastic. Um, and um, the, the other side of um, gaining that uh, experience as well, uh, or sorry, of not going out and, and gaining that experience, is, is you can spend time um, getting to know the family business um, really well. There, there was, um, so it's probably the same in, in the States, but here in the UK, you, when you're training to be a lawyer, you, you go and do six months in different areas so that you learn all the different areas of um, the um, law, and then you choose which area you specialize in. Um, and I guess if, if you're not going to go and seek experience um, externally, that's a way of looking at trying to gain some experience internally is to, to work a, a, through the various departments of the business to see where you um, 
where you best fit? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one strategy. You know, I think the challenge is if you do that within the family business, um, you may be creating situations where the the family member is not positioned well for success. So if their skill sets are on the finance side and you're putting them in the marketing department for a period of time, even if it's just a period of time, uh, it can uh, create stories of their own failure within the organization so yeah and i think that the um truth is there as well is that you wouldn't necessarily do that for somebody who doesn't um, belong to the family you wouldn't you wouldn't take someone in and say okay try all these different areas for six months and then see which one you prefer (laughs) we'll give you a job there um so that that comes back again to the um employment policy doesn't it that you set out there what the the rules of engagement are and and stick to those right i mean the the idea behind that is good in that we in order to be a good uh leader or, or owner you need to understand all different areas of the business at some level that is a a good belief but is that the best way to help them understand the different areas of the business. Do you have to work in each of those areas in order to be effective? Uh, You know, it really kind of depends on a lot of variables, but uh, to me, it's more important that uh, you put family members in a position where they can succeed and be strong contributors. Um, And that doesn't mean that uh, you can't expect, expose them to all different areas of the business, but uh, you don't necessarily have to do it by the six month rotation thing because you can often end up with a couple of years of almost wasted career development, uh, moving from in arenas that people aren't interested in or care about. Mm. Yeah. We had a, a question that was um, raised to us that was um, relating to a, son who had gone away and got a um, business management degree and was going through this very impressive um, kind of academic uh, course on on business management. And the the father in the business basically said, "Uh, I need to know what role I can bring my son into because he's gone away and got all these really good skills. I need to utilize them. Uh, And I guess what we're saying throughout this episode is, that's probably not the best approach to take because you're just, you're almost creating them a role because they've got a certificate rather than actually what they can bring to the business. So it's, you know, just as the successor has to assess what are they good at, what are they passionate about? The business has to identify what does it need? So, um, if we're not actively involved in strategic planning and budgeting and goal setting, we don't have good processes around those things. If we're not uh, looking at our human resource development, if we're not developing uh, people within our organization, then it's going to be much harder for us to say uh, what is a, a, a it that the business needs right now and how does that family member fit? Ideally, if we're doing strategic planning and we're saying, we're going to grow from 25 million to 50 million over the next five years. And in order to do that, we're going to need these leadership skill sets. These are the skill sets we already have on our team. These are the skill sets we're going to need to bring in and we're going to need to add these positions. That's the best case scenario because 
you're fitting somebody into the, the, the needs of the business, uh, you know, moving forward. Now, the one caveat I would have is that sometimes you have a tremendous talent who will provide leadership. And let's say we aren't very good at strategic planning and um, we need somebody to spearhead that. Uh, if the family members got that experience, uh, you know, bring that person in, you know, sometimes you don't want to be so rigid that, uh, you throw the baby out with the bathwater and, and, uh, you, sometimes when you have a unique talent and that you want to, uh, capture, you try to find a way, but you, you have to find it in a way that aligns with what the business needs. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think as well that the kind of recurring theme we're, we're hearing is to, to be structured and, and strategic about it, but but not entirely rigid. You mentioned earlier there's some um, family um, businesses who have rules around um, you can only work in the business if you're if you're an owner of it, and how that might not encourage the um, the best behaviour necessarily. But but it's also important for families, I think, to to review those types of policies on an ongoing basis, and and particularly around whether um, what skill sets are needed for for family members to come into the business. Because with the world moving as fast as it it does now, having a thirty or forty year old rule that that's either restrictive or or um, leads people to to do it through entitlement, uh, sorry, not through entitlement, through, through feeling like they have to do it. Um, yeah. I'll can, give can a be real-life real example of that is uh, there's a family that had a lot of conflict in the second generation, so they forbade the third generation from working in the family business. They could all be owners, but they couldn't work for the business. And what they found was now that those uh, third generation members are in their 30s and 40s, um, they are having a harder time keeping them connected to the business and committed to the, the family business. So they're starting to revisit that policy to say, well, maybe we were a little, uh, uh, a little bit over our skis, so to speak. Uh, and we, we were a little presumptuous in making this decision. So now they're looking at can we bring family members into the business in the right way so that there's not conflict uh, and we can really engage the ones who are passionate about the family business? Because we do know that, that when family members lead the organization, uh, it creates more energy in the family than when there's not family members doing it. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, in terms of uh, that um, structured approach, who, who in your view should should drive that because if those rules are are in place and the, the next gen are perhaps looking at going actually that's a bit restrictive on us should they feel able to to go to if it's a, a family council however it's structured within their own family go in and say actually i don't like these rules i'd rather it be this way or i'd rather it be that way or should that be led by senior generation or, or by business need uh, the most important thing is that family members perceive the process that's used to create the policy to be fair. And uh, the research shows that if people feel that the process used to create a policy was fair and that their voice was heard in the process, that they'll still support the policy, even if they disagree with with certain parts of the policy. So um, it will look different based on the number of family members involved. But at the end of the day, you want to have a process 
that includes the voice of the people who are going to be impacted by that. So that includes the, the next generation members who are uh, going to be affected of this by this at a certain age, right? So if you're not going to involve eight-year-olds in this discussion, but <laughs> yeah. if, you have, if you have 18-year-olds, you can find a way to involve them in the discussion in the right way. Um, and if you have a family governance system, you're, you know, like a family council, you should, the family council should be a part of, uh, you know, usually leading the creation of this policy. Uh, these policies don't tend to work well when they come down as edicts from on high, uh, when they're, they're, there are very few people, maybe the founder, uh, is the only one who has the, the moral authority to push something like that through. And that's not always that productive, even in that sense. But um, at the end of the day, uh, if we have fair process where everybody's voice is heard in creating policy, um, and there's a, a clear mechanism to change the policy if people are unhappy with it, that uh, we're going to be more successful than with edicts. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think, you know, we, we started the show with the um, question as to whether um, gaining experience from, from outside the family business is beneficial or not. I think the, the answer we've got is broadly that it, it can be, um, but it's not necessarily um, an absolute essential. But, but would you agree with that? Or, or do you think it, it should be a rule that this external experience is necessary? I think uh, that if somebody, in order to for somebody to come into the family business without outside work experience, they have to know what they're walking into. They have to know that their credibility is going to be questioned, that they may question themselves because they haven't uh, had any ex external experience. So both the internal and ex external credibility are going to be questioned. So it, it takes somebody with a lot of passion who's really willing to earn their way to the top and willing to continue to augment their experience in the family business with outside input. So uh, those who are really passionate about their family business can be successful only if they're, they're really willing to earn their way, if they're willing to listen to feedback and uh, get exposure through either uh, executive education or industry associations, you know, get exposure to the outside world so that uh, they don't have just an insular uh, experience. Yeah. And I think as well, the, the, the culture of the business should lend itself to being as supportive as possible to, to all employees, irrespective of whether they're, they're family or otherwise. But if the culture is right within the business, there should be absolutely every opportunity for, for everyone to be um, successful rather than it feel like one rule for them and one rule for us. Yep. I think one of the biggest uh, things that businesses are going to face in the years ahead is a, a talent crunch uh, in, in terms of attracting a talent, uh, attracting talent. And family businesses uh, have, you know, often have great cultures. And so uh, a part of that is do we develop our people? Do we give them upward mobility? Um, and uh, can we take advantage and develop talent within our organization? The research shows that succession is typically more successful when selecting an internal candidate. Uh, part of that is because you already know their cultural fit. 
when you're bringing in senior level executives at the high level, it's riskier because you don't know uh, what their cultural fit is. So if we can be grooming uh, talent within our organization so that we have three or four potential successors from within the organization, uh, that's uh, an amazing uh, cultural piece for our family business. You know, John Tyson from Tyson Foods said to me, you know, my only job as the CEO is to create opportunity for my people. And sometimes that opportunity is outside our organization, but um, my job is to create opportunity. Yeah, which is a, a fantastic approach to take. And I think that the, the kind of one of the final advantages uh, of gaining that external experience is if you've got a fantastic culture within the family business that you kind of really buy into and, and are part of because of that, um, going elsewhere can actually show you how unique that can be because in some corporate environments that the culture is – uh, not that, shall we say. Um, yeah. uh, and it can give you a, a newfound appreciation for, for the values and, and um, culture within the business. Yep, totally agree with that. Fantastic. Um, just in terms, before we um, end the show today, um, I uh, ask a couple of um, questions to, to all of our guests. Uh, the first one being, if you had uh, one tip to pass on to family businesses, what would it be? It would be to make sure that uh, having their next generation members come back to the family business is a choice and not an obligation. That you want to create such a dynamic business and, and culture within the business that family members want to come back to the business. They want to use their talents for the betterment of the whole family. Um, that really orients around making sure that we have strong family relationships. Family relationships are at the center of family business. So if we don't nurture our family relationships, we're not going to be successful as a family. Fantastic. And lastly, how can our audience find out more about you? Sure. Um, you can uh, reach me. My website is andrewkite.com. That's andrewkeyt.com. Uh, and you can also uh, find out more about uh, the Family Business Center at Loyola at www.luc.edu slash FBC and Family Business Network uh, International at fbn-i.org. Fantastic. And we will, um, as ever, link those up in the show notes. So if people want to find out more, they can head to the show notes and um, click on the links there. Um, but for now, Angie, thank you very much for your time. It's been uh, a fascinating discussion on a, a really interesting subject. So thank you. Thanks, Russ. Glad to be here. I hope you found this episode useful. If you have, then why not share it with your family and see what they think? I work with families just like yours to help them to better understand the complexities that can come with being a family in business. So whether you're just starting out or heading into the umpteenth generation, if you feel that I could help, check out fanbizpodcast.com forward slash work with Russ and get in touch. Until next time, take care.